Hello and welcome to Epic Loot Radio. We're back after a little bit of a break, diving into so many amazing MMORPGs, and that's going to be the general theme of today's show. Talking about state of the MMORPG, the state of New World, the state of Final Fantasy XIV, the state of whatever we're playing. Obviously, we are also looking forward to 2022, where we're seeing even more MMOs come out. It feels like we haven't had this surge in such a good long time for the MMORPG, but maybe that's just my biased opinion. And today I've gathered together a panel to share their input, share their thoughts about the state of the MMO. And so we're going to go around the horn. We got Soro, we got Johnny Mac, and we got Chili. Obviously, all of us, also Final Fantasy XIV players, kind of filling in the gap that we got a two-week delay. Uh, and that's something we could talk about here on today's show. And obviously we're joined live with chat guys you can check out the epic loot radio podcast wherever podcasts are found just search epic loot radio and you can enjoy the mp3 version of the show brought to you by luke who sponsored the podcast for a full year we'll do some other shout outs uh to the support that we get here later in the show but let's go around the horn i'm gonna talk with soro soro why don't you tell people who you are what you're playing uh what you've been up to in game and then we'll just go around in a uh, counterclockwise fashion start with you because i haven't talked to you in like two months and I, I missed you man how you been hey I've been pretty good. Missed you too, dude. Been a while. Um, I've been hitting 14 a little hard lately. Uh, I finally got Omni 80. Uh, Congrats. So that's, that was a, a big step for me. Uh, first time ever doing Omni cap. Um, started a raid group with one of my buddies. Uh, and we've been working on Eden. Uh, we started off just doing a lot of the extreme trials, trying to get uh, some of the dragon mounts and everything, but now we're starting to move into the the savages. Uh, we've got E1 and E2 clear so far. We're going to be doing E3, I believe, after um, Thanksgiving and everything. So that'll be fun. Uh, and I haven't streamed them. I uh, didn't really feel like that would have been a good thing just right off the bat. Hey, by the way, we're going to be doing this, but I uh, did get permission to start streaming the savages and whatnot and our raid prog uh through endwalker so that'll be coming when that drops pandemonium dude pandemonium what they showed off already oh, has, looks has so me good. excited dude has me so excited. Good. johnny dude what's going on with you again last time you were on the show uh you just hit the uh the requirement and i can tag we can tag him if you guys <laughs> aren't following johnny if you haven't fallen everybody on this list note in the description you can go hit their links moogle go around uh Soro, uh, the global cooldown over on Twitch, and then uh, and Johnny Mac. Uh, you can always check those out. Please do so. Johnny, what's up, man? Oh, nothing much, Brian. Thanks for having me back on the show. It's been exciting. It feels like it's been forever since I was on the show last time. We haven't done one in a while. Like for yeah. the, uh, we've been doing a lot of Crystal uh, Crystal Core Radio due to the right. just Final Fantasy fourteen and Walker, mm -hmm. and then it's just I've been playing more New World than I've been like, oh, let's podcast. And it's like, okay, <laughs> but I was like, it's oh my gosh, it's been like a month. Johnny, all right, sorry to cut you off. Oh, no, yeah, I've been hitting New World pretty hard, been trying to crank out the content for that. Been pretty consistent, been cranking out, you know, I think on average around three, four videos a week here the past couple of weeks. So it's been interesting, although there seems to have been, a, you know, a little bit of a die down, and, and then, of course, the backlash from 1.1, but I'm sure we'll probably get into that at some point, too. So, but yeah, just keeping myself busy, you know, real life work, obviously, keep me nailed down for a lot of hours. I think the past couple of weeks have been doing 50 hours a week, so... Oh man, with work, work. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, Fifty hours is hard, dude. It's like it's the holidays. You know, we shift our patient schedule and stuff, and that plus we're short, so we're yeah. short nurses, short techs. Yeah, it's it's pretty rough right now. But 
hanging in there hanging in there why games are such a like an integral part into like just a little bit of escapism in that mm -hmm. way yeah i'm interested in getting your 1.1 thoughts but let's go to chili uh dude obviously you'll be reviewing and walker yeah yeah i will be for playstation universe hopefully uh, I reviewed the previous games for the website before, so I'm looking forward to putting my time in to get the review out for them. Spoilers, it's probably going to be positive. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, let's not set unrealistic expectations. It's going to be phenomenal. <laughs> it, it better be. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead, sir. <laughs> uh, but no, uh, you said you haven't done any podcasts recently. I'm like, sorry, thinking, man, the dream. That's a, that's a cool dream. I mean, last Sunday, I ended up doing six. Wow. So, wow. Jeez. On that Sunday. So, yeah. So, lack of podcast is... is not, it, but I think this is the first time I've been on here for a while, though, actually, as well. Yeah, we we really like, like it. Ages. Like, we've been really hitting the, the New World stuff hard. And so, it's like... Like, generally, the idea behind Epic Loot is that it's, you know, it's more of an MMORPG podcast, but... There's just been a lot for us to, to cover regarding New World, and not that everybody has to play it. I ideally the podcast has a panel of people with a wide range of experience. If I if y'all know of a of content creator who likes doing podcasts in the ESO space, and you know, there's a bunch of like games that I just won't have the time to get to. But that's that's just because well, like, these um, work hours. One of the Twitch streamers I follow um, does a that did do an ESO podcast, mm -hmm. but now they do a uh, New World podcast on their channel. I don't know how often they do it, but they've done it a couple of times now. So yeah, I need to check that out. I need, I need to. We'll we'll sync up after that because just always trying to make yeah. sure we have a like a good group of people who just like talking about video yeah. games. So, um, what are yeah. your uh, what are your plans for uh, for Endwalker starting on the third? Like, are, you got a job main job you're going to take through the story. I see. I was thinking about going through Sage, but I I heard about Chris's. Uh, I heard it from someone else about Chris from, you know, Word the Game, mm -hmm. talking about probably going through it with his Run Reborn job. Yeah. And I'm really, I'm thinking about doing that now, hmm. but at the same time, I want to do Sage because my issue was my Run Reborn job was Paladin. Yeah. So it's not like I, get, I can go through as healer or white mage. So, what was it, Monk? No, my Monk was my Run Reborn job, Monk. The yeah. uh, I, so, Chris has that like logic, and I it doesn't make sense to me. I, I, I wish I told, I wish I looked at him and said, Are you telling me I need to finish Endwalker on Thaumaturge? Like, <laughs> that's what I started as yeah. 1.0, <laughs> and I'm like, All right, like, that's true. no, like, it's well, I can see his so, idea for 2.0 because technically, what did you start your 2.0 job as? The only reason I started 2.0 as Summoner was because it was the only job I didn't have level to cap. So I figured I was like, well, might as well level it up. <laughs> yeah, so for me, I, I yeah, I, I think I might go as Monk. Oh, okay. Maybe. I mean, no judgment against it. I just, I, I it's interesting because I, I never would have thought of that. Chris obviously is leaning into that, that aesthetic. And I was like, no, I'm, I'm going to play Reaper. You know, it's like every, you know, I, I it's just going to change it up. Change with the space. Or are you about to say something? Or are you, where, yeah, where do you fall? It's like, uh, I get where Chris is coming from with that because it's, ending the story with what you started with you know what i mean mm -hmm. it just comes full circle but i would be ch with chili in that same boat where i'd be ending with uh, a gladiator paladin and i'm not the best tank in the world <laughs> so i don't think that's gonna happen uh i'm probably just we all know that paladin is a healer in and walker it's fine right uh 
I'll probably just end up sticking <laughs> with my samurai, uh, considering that's what I'm going to be going and raiding with. Get that to cap as quick as possible, so I'm ready for it. Very nice, very nice. What about you, Johnny? You got uh, M Walker plans? No, unfortunately, with you know my time constraints at work, as you know, it's like I don't have hardly any time to stretch outside of what I'm you know mainly focusing on, which right now is New World. So. Yeah, I I'm, right now I'm kind of questioning if I'm even going to be able to pick up uh, Lost Ark like I originally Ooh, planned. Oh, okay. <laughs> so. let's, let's let's talk about that briefly. Um, Ed, did anybody here besides me and Johnny play Lost Ark, or did they watch any of that, or interested in that one at all? I tried, but I can't play those games that much because I find I don't know the angle really hurts my eyes. Like the cat, the the any type of Diablo game like that, I just. Maybe when I get my new glasses, it'll be fine, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Something about it it's just puts me off the game. Yeah, it's the top-down game, right? Yeah, it's the mm-hmm. asymmetric. I'm by top-down-ish. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, something about the angle I can't play. Uh, that's not the first time I've heard that either. I've heard that by several different people, and it's like there's you can go on the uh, forum threads for like uh, Reddit or whatever, and that seems to be a common complaint. Yeah. I'm I doubt that's that changing. Mode. Sorry, sorry. Probably not. I know, it's not going to change, though. Or one more time. <laughs> I'm in that same boat as Chili. Oh, it's, okay. I just, I just don't like that angle. It, mm-hmm. it doesn't hurt my eyes or anything. It's just I can't play that angle. It just doesn't seem right to me. Yeah, I think it's one of those things you got to be really into, like the ARPG genre in general, in order to be able. And I, I think my personal taste came from where I started into like really hardcore gaming with like uh, like Command and Conquer and. Age of Empires and all that, because they all had that same, you know, top-down, slightly, you know, off-nader angle to them. So it's just something that comes natural to me. It's like, oh, okay, you know, this is different from usual, you know. But, uh, but yeah, it's a common complaint about the whole hurting the eyes thing. Yeah, it's it's strange. (laughs) For me, my litmus test with that one was controller support, and it actually has it native out the gate. It just need it needs some like there's a couple things I'm like, man. Needs a few adjustments, and that's one where I'm like, I'm, I know Yoshi P didn't lock 14's design in, but wouldn't wouldn't mind some more of the Final Fantasy 14 touch brought over into uh, into Lost Ark. But I can dream, I can dream one of these yeah. days. Very first thing I did, I noticed on your your one uh, stream that you had with Lost World is you were trying to figure out how to pick items up with the controller, and it's the the L3, which is so mm-hmm. awkward because you're trying to move. So the very first thing I did since I'm on the elite controller is I remapped it to a back paddle. So that way I just hit the back paddle whenever I need to pick something up and changes yeah. your world. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. But all right, let's, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to spend some time. Obviously like we were, I scheduled time off this week to play and Walker and, uh, <laughs> and that got kicked out, you know, rightfully so. Like at the end of the day, I saw like for people like me who like were impacted where now, my wife, I, I talked to her and she said, I can have the third, fourth and fifth to play the game. I am like, I'm, and there's a, I'm not going to lie. Like I, there's a little bit of nervousness in in me in terms of what if I, I can't finish in Walker by the time I go, I have to go back to work on the, on December the, the sixth. And when I, when I think about that, it's like how much of the, like, if I'm not done, how much of the internet will I have to avoid? And that's really the thing. It's like, I know, and somebody was saying as a content creator, it benefits me to, you know, to be late. So that way people, if people want to come hang out and watch you react to the, to the content, I go, yeah, I, I get that aspect, but like, I don't want to have to sit here and have a complete blinder. Cause the other only option would be to like play on the 21st 
you know, and be able to kind of take that time off. How much, uh, how much has this impacted everybody here? I know, Sora, let's start with you. You actually scheduled this week off, right? Yeah. Uh, whenever they dropped the original release date and everything that next day, I put in for PTO for this whole or for this week. And since it's a short week anyway, because of Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't have to use all 40 hour PTO week, which was nice. But hey, I mean, I would much rather them go and delay it if they need to, than just come out with something that they're not happy with. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I'm still taking this whole week. I'm going to end up just cleaning the house and hanging out with the family and everything. So, I mean, it's still a week well spent. But uh, come actual release and everything, like my wife's giving me Friday evening and then Saturday, Sunday to play. So we'll see how we can or what we can do there. Similar question to Chile, because it's like, obviously you're set to review it, but like, has, uh, have you been impacted? And also, and this could be a great question for Sora as well. What are you doing over the course of this time to also fill in that? Like, do you have, is this an extension of being able to get new goals accomplished before the expansion drops? What do you think, Jilly? Well, for me, my plan on Twitch, at least, was to stream Fantasy Five. So hmm. in some ways, having the delay helped me go through that because I've never played the game before. So it's been interesting to be able to play it for the first time. And now not have to rush it. Well, I might have to rush it now that uh, you know I got pushed back a week because I wasn't able to stream because I can barely see chat. Um, so, but originally, no, I don't think the delay affected me that much. But I do understand for those that, who did get affected by it. Like I'm lucky, but not everyone else can be so lucky. For instance, I live in England, so we don't even have Thanksgiving this week either. So, <laughs> why not? <laughs> well you know i think there's some reasons some technical reasons and so are, I, you're, are I you gonna tell me you also don't celebrate, celebrate the 4th of july like hey they have their own no, but I bet you, they do yeah it's called bonfire night yeah yeah on the 4th of july no okay no the november 5th i think it is right yes yeah, no, october isn't it yeah november 5th yes you guys remember, remember when we were listening november, to an mmo podcast in yeah. a in a in a, in a, in a in a what is it cultural studies or like social studies uh, class yeah. broke out sweet perfect um uh, my favorite section of the mmo podcast i mean technically in <laughs> some ways it does affect mmos no but you we're joking about it but mm-hmm. there are a lot of events in mmos that are based on cultural events such mm-hmm. as ladies that little ladies day and um you got the chinese new year event in fantasy 14 that are some events that are tied to different cultures yeah makes sense makes sense all right uh sorry did this week uh this extra extension give you an additional set of like goals to accomplish because you just hit on the 82 weeks ago did you make a new goal or are you just kind of like in a holding pattern uh i did end up making a new goal because i've never completed a relic weapon before mm-hmm. so i've been working on trying to get uh, my first relic uh, for my samurai um, and it's going slowly, but it's going. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm going to try to complete that before anything else. So, uh, Johnny earlier, as we started the show, you kind of alluded to some 1.1 backlash with, uh, Pat, with the latest update to new world. 
Why don't you give mm. everybody uh, kind of a rundown of the state of New World as you see it, and then obviously what what backlash is going on with the latest patch? Well, you know, the current state is obviously 1.1 just launched uh, late last week, right? Mm -hmm. What was it, Wednesday? Was Something Wednesday like that. Last week? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, consequently, a lot of people that didn't even take part in the PTS and rightfully so, you know, felt that the patch was rushed. And it's funny because a little bit later on after the release, the developer said, oh, yeah, by the way, we may have rushed the patch. <laughs> so so it's like, you know, I think new world developers need to stop and realize, hey, you know, we need to utilize the PTS as something more than just like a stability benchmark. You know, hey, we probably should start paying attention to what, and I hate saying this, streamers and, you know, because really some of the streamers that were actually on the PTS are some of the more hardcore players, right? So they're the ones that are going to be like, hey, you know, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. And not saying that they need to have, you know, full credibility for any good or bad change, but they are definitely the ones to basically break the game. <laughs> so, you know, um, unfortunately for Amazon Game Studios, and at the same time, fortunately for them, there was a chink in the armor that was exposed with the patch as well with their workflow. Um, they identified that, or sorry, they, whenever I say they, I mean, uh, the general, you know, player base, uh, was able to confirm that there were a ton of things that were changed with the game that were not even in the patch notes right. and a, a whole slew of them. And the developers then were, you know, keyed into, oh, hey, yeah, you know, you being a developer, you know how this goes, you know, you start with the original you know, spot with the branch and you work on it for however long. And then eventually you reach another point and it branches off again. Well, apparently, you know, they didn't have their, their workflow set up correctly to make sure that everything was documented. And then of course those, you know, changes that were in there, which it actually lends me to wonder if they even knew those changes were in there to begin with. Like, was that something that with it being undocumented, was that actually on purpose or was that something that they were just tinkering around with and thought, oh, well, you know, if we don't like it, we'll change it back. So it really makes me wonder and question how their workflow is going on in the background. But, um, you know, overall, there have been some other issues like, you know, with the elites um, that they buffed in the, uh, you know, the end game <laughs> level 60s. <laughs> Not even just those elites. I was doing just uh, elites in general. I was yeah. out in Weaver's Finn and this is kind of like a level 30 to 40, uh, right. you know, leveling area. And we went to, and one of the things I really appreciate about it is that like in this, in the zones, there ends up being kind of a, this area of the zone is really meant and balanced for five people at this level range. And even if you go in with, let's say I went in with a friend who was level 60 and I'm level 45, we went in it as a duo last night and yes, it will prove to be a challenge. And that's just a general part of the zone. And it's marked as such. And you can tell when you enter it in, when all the enemies are just destroying you. Uh, with right. their gold plated, you know, this, and you're like, wait a minute, maybe I need to bring a friend to this spot. But we yeah. were out there and we fought the boss, and it was just like it was his Brutal. his life was like barely going down, and we fought him for a while. So much we saw like in a whole other like all the other ads that we clear uh, cleared out start to respawn, um, and that was just that was just crazy. It was it was a lot of fun. We got the win, and I actually appreciated the challenge, but. Yeah, I've heard about some enemies going from like 1 million life to 7 million life. Mm -hmm. And it's like, wait a minute. Like, what's and their going damage on? is like bonkers too. Yeah. yeah. 
the major yeah, one changes. of my one of my buddies that's all actually on my discord uh waifu you know he he was uh sharing a clip of one of the in-game 60 uh guards and like he's really pimped out whenever it comes to the tanking gear like you know full constitution and stuff and i mean it was just shredding him and then whenever the backup tanks actually got in like they just got deleted just you know they eventually got the win but it was absolutely insane so that's something i i see them you know scaling back <laughs> a little bit because it, it's a little bit bonkers and i know the the biggest point of backlash that new world is receiving from the community as a whole and rightfully so and it kind of it kind of uh tweaks me just a little bit is you know those of us who have not hit 60 yet or those of us who are fresh into 60 we've kind of been penalized uh for not doing so because how everything is now, you know, with the elites and just the way the gear scores are now, like you shouldn't even go into Genesis basically because the orbs are super expensive to craft on any server. And you really shouldn't apparently, you know, the, the like soft entrance level that they recommend now is 590. So, you know, it just makes it very, very difficult. That plus, you know, they've, they've made this change. And why exactly they did this? You know, the drop rate is completely nerfed depending on how many people are in the zone, which to me is just silly. Like, yeah. I don't even know why they would make that change. The high watermark system already is a wonky enough system. The fact that they added that, just, I don't know what the hell they The high watermark <laughs> system, for those of you who don't know, and you're just like coming from Final Fantasy, and you're like, okay, what are they talking about, right? Uh, it's like if you've ever played Destiny, and Destiny had a similar type system where your gear rolls uh, a chance for higher based off of, the highest that you've received. So every time you get something higher, it has the chance of like kind of that being a new set point forward and how the gearing in uh, new world works is kind of a couple different ways. Like you have crafting and crafting, you can craft higher, you know, higher level gear numbers, but that doesn't increase your watermark. Your watermark is related to RNG, hundred percent RNG NPC drops. And so the higher the level enemy, and the higher your watermark is essentially the RNG progression. And if anybody knows and has listened to me for any period of time, I am not a, a fan of a hundred percent RNG progression. I'm yeah. fine with RNG progression. I, I like, I, as long as it's married with a system of static, some kind of form of static RNG progression. So that at the end of the day, if the four of us were all like sitting out there farming elite mobs, that I'm not the only one who ends up progressing. And all y'all are like, well, it sucks to have, it sucks to suck. Go ahead, Chili. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, the only way I feel like RNG progression would work is if it's guaranteed to be above your level, but the guarantee above your level isn't always the same. So you might roll in and you get lucky and get plus one, while your teammate might get plus two of the same armor. Yeah. Like, that's the only RNG I would enjoy. You should not be able to go in, spend two hours, because I've heard some of them can take an hour to two hours per dungeon. If you're unlucky and then roll, roll it out with the exact same gear you just had. Basically. That's not good. That's not fun. That's not good progression. Now that's from, not progression. Oh, that's just right. The same. It's the pro same problem that Anthem had. It's the same problem that hundred percent RNG progression games always run into is the, the feeling of getting robbed. And that's where some of the data mine yeah. stuff has me ex hopeful that, that we could see that because what happens right now is when, you know, as a com common complaint in any game, my common complaint with 14 is that once I'm at level cap, like XP becomes worthless. I've been Omni 80 
for well over a year, like, you know, and I'm not even the first person to be there and XP just kind of, you get it from the challenge log and it falls off with zero. And I'm like, Oh, it'd be so cool if it was just, if I leveled up, it stayed at 80, but then they just gave me like a, a loot box or like anything. Thanks for continuing to play. XP has well, not as valuable, but you, some value. Go chili. Aren't you getting your kind of loot boxes anyway in Endwalker? Not with leveling, but with the Grand Company seals. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because they're adding loot boxes to Grand Companies. Yeah. I'm excited about Which that. Which is great because because yeah. it gets know, mounts and minions capped. and all kinds of things. Right. Yeah. That gives me another place of spending it. I'd still personally like to see XP because I love XP. I'm right. thrilled for Endwalker because of XP because of valuable. And New World, it looks like from the data mining, they are also uh, doing that with also the trade crafts. Now, it data mine, take it with a grain of salt. But my hope is that with high watermark, it'd be really cool to say, yeah, it's RNG progression, but you get a level's worth of XP and you get a, a guaranteed high watermark, you know, focused, you know, kind of point. So then all of a sudden XP retains its value. Yes, it's not. I mean, you get that RNG and you're like, oh man, I just, I, that, 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 that love, that ding that I just got was like five levels worth of XP. Oh, thrilling. But I you go to work and you still chip away at Go ahead, Chili. Could I suggest something? I've got a question. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if anyone that plays New World, um, does armor drop at all? Or is it just crafting ingredients for the drops. drops. Okay. Now they want this RNG system, mm -hmm. right? Where, yeah, you do and you got this. What if it was possible for them add to mix a RNG system and a token system? Mm -hmm. But not make the token system guaranteed loot like in Final Fantasy XIV or in World of Warcraft. What if you could, when you say you get a piece of armor and you then get two or three chest tokens because you got a chest armor, mm -hmm. say that, then when you get out of the dungeon, there could be a vendor, maybe it could be tied in with the crafter system because I know how much you like you know, yeah. player driven economy, where you can then use those tokens that you got with the chest to re-roll the stats if you got something that you feel like could be better. Mm -hmm. So say you got two or three tokens. I don't you don't you shouldn't be able to do it too many times. So I feel like limiting how many tokens you get per, per chest as well. Well you could probably stack them, but you know that way you're not just going out, oh I got a hundred tokens from the one dungeon I can re-roll forever. That way you've got a chance to have that item piece be higher level so even if you went in there, got a piece of armor that's exactly the same stats as you got right now, using that token system, you could then re-roll that armor and it'll have a chance to be higher than what it is. Yeah, I think anything that would supplement that, that would be really beneficial. I, li be I, like the, I like bringing anything to the crafting world. Uh, so that mm -hmm. way, essentially like, okay, yeah. And then you could go and supply or, you know, it gives you a, the, a source of income. But in terms mm -hmm. of that a token system for progression some form of static thing some form of like guaranteed minimal progress that that way you never feel like you're you're 100 always fighting the odds because at the end of the day like the people who i see that are frustrated the most with the game currently are, the complaint is i've got over 500 or 600 or 700 hours in this game i'm at level 60 and i'm high water mark you know they're just living in that high water mark and that isn't when, when they describe what they're doing to progress the high watermark stuff, like that doesn't seem personally fun to me. And that's something that when I'm not there, cause like I keep getting distracted by fishing and by gathering and I'm having a, an, a, an incredible blast at this, like just 
per like I, I really appreciate what New World delivered. Like they gave me the perfect game for my, what I believe an MMORPG is best at bu building a world that I want to be in. And I'm just like kind of just there having a good old time making a level like every time I get on, usually I'm like, you know, when I can, when I have time to play, if I have an hour, I can, I feel like I can get a level up in that period of time. And if, and I know that when I hit 60 and I go into high watermark, that's not going to happen. Me putting an hour in, isn't going to give me any kind of guarantee, but if by the time, you know, but if they do implement systems that I could go put an hour in and it doesn't again, have to be the most efficient but there's some form of like measurable progress, I'll be, I'll be pleased, but I won't actually engage in hundred percent RNG progression. That was the same thing with, with me and destiny. Like I would only go do the measurable things that would impact my progression. And then I'd bounce out because I don't feel like constantly trying to roll a bunch of dice is the best use of my time. And that's just where I'm at in life. That's why I think Asmund gold said it best that bearded dads, are, you know, will love this game. I'm like, yeah, we do. Like, yeah, I think we do. Like, I think it's a good game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, I totally agree with that. You know, right. it, it would be nice if they would, in, you know, introduce you like an infusion Sora. system. You know, go ahead, Sora. Yeah. I might be a dad, but the beard thing is kind of a lackluster on my part there. What would be you hilarious? Testosterone in your system, man. If you guys are just listening uh, to the audio, you're not in video. But if you've never seen Sora, it would be real hilarious, though, is if he was just like bushy old chest. You know, it's just like it's like I can't grow like, anything like north, but hanging out. Like look, look at this, like just a werewolf style, like you know, like beast mode. Like no, all right, I'm, I'm how do you turn up to a future person. podcast with it like glued on, like yeah. glue on a beard for the... <laughs> Maybe if we do a Halloween for next year. So, question to the panel: <laughs> Is fourteen and New World in competition with one another? No, no, I don't think so at all. You know, they both satisfy very different niches, you know, to say the least, you know, Final Fantasy 14 is always in probably will continue to be, you know, the everlasting player versus environment MMO of, of choice for, you know, thousands, obviously. And New World has kind of, you know, leveraged itself into this space of, you know, not just the player driven economy, but the PVP, you know, side of things, you know, because that's that's kind of what New World is all, you know, centricated around is, you know, the PVP aspect of things. But um, yeah, I don't. I don't think they're in competition with each other at all. Now, are they greatly affected by each other? Uh, I would say New World is probably more greatly affected by Endwalker than vice versa. <laughs> I yeah, think it's. I mean, the, the difference there Virtually. is that Fantasy fourteen has been around a lot longer, so therefore it already has the player base. So I feel like comparing New World and Endwalker is kind of unfair for New World because New World is the new you know kid on the block. Yeah, people were excited at launch because it was again the new shiny thing, so people wanted to give it a try. Now people have stepped away because you know that either because of the patches or just because they they tried it and they weren't a fan of it or whatever reason. I feel like New World, just like most MMOs, is probably go through the same cycle that once a big new patch happens, that people will rush back to try it, and then once that's died down, people will jump over to another MMO. So like 14 where chances are the patch will be out for there for the next expand next, yeah, next patch or whatever. So I can see all of all MMOs have the cycle of all new shiny thing and shiny things over. Let's go mm -hmm. play the other thing. Oh, new shiny thing. Oh, it's over. What do you think? So, that's just me. Um, 
Yeah, I I agree with Johnny that they could or they satisfy two completely different things. Um, but like Chili's saying, hey, new patch comes out for New Worlds. People that play both are going to go, hey, I want to check this out because it's new. What did they put in? What did they make different? And then jump back to their main game. But I don't know. I, I It's still too early in my mind to tell what how they're going to be affected by each other uh, because New World is so new. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, it still has a lot of time to grow. It still has a lot of time to fix itself, uh, to see how the player economy decides to fix itself. Um, but it, we, we need to see what happens within the next year or so of the game's development and implementation and everything to figure out, okay, well, now New World just became the new World of Warcraft and is huge so then i can see more of a fighting there but right now it's so it's still small enough to not make an impact on 14 and 14 is already in its position to not even care about what new world player base is doing for me the fact that new world doesn't have a like a subscription fee makes it a, a much more viable like game uh that's complementary to 14 than like in competition and it's the same mindset that i thought of destiny before like in the latest the latest stuff that the destiny's doing it just makes it really hard for me to want to go and like continue to give them money because it's like oh you're mad but you still swipe the credit card like you're sending right. to me like i'm mad at you here's some more money um <laughs> you know so it's like when i look at uh, like my new world's relationship uh and 14 i'm like these are two games that i think i can i can just get behind very easily very like have a lot of enjoyment in both you know and i my secret wish like as i run around in new world like you hear the like the the greatest com- compliments thrown at the game in terms of its world its sound design just how immersive and how like next gen it actually feels like it just feels like you're having this experience that wasn't really possible before and I'm excited that Yoshi P is going to go into it. And I continue when sometimes when I'm just running around and it's just me and I'm going from place to place. I'm like, what would this look like if this was like uh, in the uh, Final Fantasy universe? Like, what would what would it feel like right now if I was running around as a white mage or a warrior or a paladin or a samurai or, you know, like, what would it look like? And so I'm excited that Yoshi P is going to spend some time with New World after uh, Endwalker drops and. I hope that it eventually inspires the teams in interesting ways where like new world is looking at 14, like new world is looking at them, not in terms of competition, but in terms of like, what's the right patch cycle. So yeah, we got a, we got a patch in November, which would in my mind, technically felt like the three month patch of the game launched on time. And then I think we'll probably get another patch sometime in February or, or, or early March in terms of that, that cycle based off of what we're, what we're seeing from them. And if that's the case, I think that's going to be a real strength. But to Johnny's point, like the dev team's got to, they got to slow down. You know, it's like, you got to slow down get your, you get your feet under you. Keep the game stable. I will, Go ahead, Chili. I will say though, if they aim for March, that's probably the worst timing they can do. What's, what's happening in March that, that would hurt? March should be the first point one patch of Endwalker. You think so? That's the three months. Didn't they release the schedule? I don't think they released the schedule up till six point one. 
We know a 6-1. Yoshi P said he's going to talk to us about the future of Final Fantasy after yeah. and Walker. So we assume yeah, there's, you know, 6-1 onward, but I'm pretty sure they'd release yeah. the schedule up to 6-1, didn't they? We we assume late February or early March all the details. For, for that. Yeah, they didn't release all the details on dates. But they released, oh, like, they didn't release dates. Till, okay. They released until January because they wanted to release the dates for Normal Raid and Savage. Like, we got the 0.5 patches information because Normal comes out two weeks after Endwalker. Oh, yeah, and so we know, Savage yeah. Savage comes out two weeks after that. Which January but that's 4th, about yeah. as far as we know. Okay. Yeah, January um, 4th for the... I, for Savage. So into the 2022, 6-1, we'll, we'll have obviously Oceanic Data Center. We'll see the ultimate uh, fight make its way. That will that'll be really thrilling for people because... And the big thing is the new MSQ. The, literally the start of the new storyline. Yeah. Oh, man. That's going to be thrilling. I, I guess, yeah, that would be that would be a bad timing. Assuming that is the, the, the yeah. timing uh, on both sides. Yeah. You if, know. We're assuming this, by the way. This is just both for both companies. Mm-hmm. But so, March should be when six point one drops ish. There's a bunch of games like, also yeah. in that in that same time frame. We know that Lost Ark is going to be dropping right. around that same time. We know yeah. uh, Destiny. We know uh, Elden Ring. We know like there's a lot of yeah. stuff that it's just like I'm glad I'm not worried about some of those games that are announced for January, February, March because it's like, oh man, Woo. Pokemon <laughs> for me. That's my January game. What's that? What what, what games? Uh, what Pokemon's launching in January? Um... Arceus, it's the like the semi-open world Pokemon game. That makes sense. I thought, yeah, I thought that was scheduled for it, like November, December, but I guess that got delayed, or maybe I just heard the dates wrong. Well, it was delayed for no, it was planned for November ish, but then they delayed it till January, so they released the remakes in November instead. Okay, makes sense. I was like, a lot. I heard a lot of people playing Pokemon. I was like, oh, I just chalked that up, thinking that was what it is. The um. Yeah, yeah, I see a lot of people in the comments like, I don't play this game, but I hate it. They can't get me off of 14. And I'm like, I don't think these <laughs> games are like in competition. There's like two wow. different, two different audiences. More than anything else, I think it's it's something that pulls people from WoW than a 14. I think more than anything else, like I would say maybe ESO, maybe uh, Black Desert, you know, would find that they would be competing in that that space. Um, yeah, I can agree Fantasy with that. Star. Fantasy Star is a little bit different, though. But yeah. the Fantasy Star's got updates rolling, getting ready to roll out in, in December. Mm-hmm. You excited about those updates, Sora? Uh, I am, and they just did a uh, an Attack on Titan collaboration, or they're doing an Attack on Titan collaboration event, which I'm kind of excited for. I want to get the, the outfit for that, even though my cast won't ever wear it. <laughs> <laughs> My concern only with uh, the Fantasy Star updates uh, that are scheduled for December are the fact that they're in December, and yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't know how I can, I can carve out any time between Endwalker and New World right now. Right. And I'm like, well, I, I'm excited for whenever I'm, I'm, I feel like I've fully caught up that I can, I can come back and jump into Fantasy Star and and, and get caught back up there too. And I know yeah, I'm not they're... playing it myself. Watch it. it looks like it's getting its patch in December as well. Um, WoW is going to patch for PTR for 9.2 in December, it looks like. They're rolling it out after Thanksgiving. Hmm. So That brings me to kind of a, the main you know, core of the podcast itself is the state of the MMORPG. 
this year alone, 2021 has seen so much turmoil, so much changeover, so much rebalancing within just MMOs and, and what they are over the world as a whole. We've seen in Korea, Lost Ark surged to being one of the number one MMOs there. We've seen obviously the fall of World of Warcraft in terms of what Activision Blizzard and that whole ongoing drama and saga has out, you know, has driven people who were already frustrated with the game for a lot of for a lot of people who kept holding on hope that kind of destroyed it. But we've seen just more people kind of the, the, the whole landscape shift over rather than mm -hmm. having kind of one king. It looks like Final Fantasy 14 might actually be the largest, you know, most active MMO uh, currently in the, in the space. But when we look at 2021, I'd like to get y'all's thoughts on kind of if you look back on the year, like how is the MMO performing for you overall? Like, are you seeing it as a sign of hope? Or are you seeing this last year as a sign of, you know, like something to be concerned of going forward? Uh, open, open question to anybody who wants it. I mean, overall, to me, based off of the games that have launched in 2021, especially coming from, you know, the COVID year of 2020, in this particular space, this is the only one that really, to me, has offered the greatest glimmer of hope <laughs> for the, the gaming genre in general. You know, you've got Battlefield and all them launching. They're all underperforming, obviously, you know, for, for reasons. And, you know, but the MMO genre this year, to me, has been the best performer in my own personal you know little world because i mean really you know let's take godfall for instance godfall was an absolute dud you know it had its big spike of interest at the very beginning whenever it first launched it's still a beautiful game but as far as the you know the repetitive loop cycle it fails to deliver what they had originally promised there's a huge lack of content there and you know you get into um oh what was the other game that launched this year and uh can't even remember what it was, but off the top of my head. But anyway, yeah, the MMO genre in general is the only one that's kind of, in my mind, kind of keeping things alive right now. Oh, that's what it was. Outriders. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Don't even get me started on that. Boy. Mm. Speaking of Dad. which, I have a question for you, Brian, later. Remind me. Okay. Go ahead, Sora. Yeah, I dipped my toe back into Outriders for a little bit when I saw that the the new patches and new the expansion and yeah, New Horizons and uh, what was the expansion coming up called? Uh, uh, World Eater. Yeah, yeah I saw World that. World Slayer. Like, World Slayer. Oh. Sorry. I'm like, oh, I should probably finish the story at least. <laughs> so I dipped my toe back into that, and apparently they fixed crossplay. One of the problems where we got frustrated was like you're on Stadia mm -hmm. and I was on GeForce Now, and we were trying to connect and it wouldn't wouldn't yeah. sync up. And then they finally, so they said that New Horizons is across the board got stabilized everything. So. Maybe if you're interested, maybe we can jump back in because I had a really good time with the gameplay. My problem mm -hmm. with with uh, with the game and and its you know design is that it's a game I can't play around my kids because there isn't right. a filter to turn off like the gore and the violence. Whereas in Gears of War, I can like it's mm -hmm. you know and it's weird that it's like all right I I can I can feel comfortable with certain game types of gears because I can just turn off all the like the gore and the mature content. And then it's just bright dad shooting monsters versus this one where it's like, Oh, I'm killing other humans and I can't make it not bloody and gory and things like that. So I was like, well, it became a limiting factor in what I would play it. But then also then the fact that like it has crossplay, but it was always broken. And I was like, well, I guess you let me know when you're ready. So <laughs> if you're interested, I'm happy to jump back into outriders. Like I really Dad. enjoyed the story. I, I did. I thought it was a really, really interesting, you know, thing. 
yeah, I just need to finish the story and stop getting sidetracked by all the side quests. Yeah. Yeah, but, I, uh, I personally was very underwhelmed <laughs> by their announcement with the with the patch. You know, I'm still very sore about, you know, what happened with launch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, to me, this patch that they just brought out for me is not enough to bring me back to the game, mainly because this is what the game should have offered from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. I think one particular aspect of the patch I don't like is the whole transmog across classes. I'm not a huge, huge fan of that. I think that was kind of a cash grab on, on their behalf, trying to get people, oh, hey, you know, I like how, you know, the other class looks, but I don't like playing it. Um, I mean, I guess some people are okay with that. And it's probably, the point is mood, but I personally don't like that. Um, but yeah, the game is kind of just now where it really should have been whenever it launched. And that's kind of a testament to how a lot of the games were coming out of that 2020 era. You know, I don't know if it was just because of the sheer scale of the interruption in their product you know production cycle or you know what it was or if we're just in that weird nexus in between generations of you know pc and console too maybe that has some sort of effect with you know what is happening you know i've been trying to think about that a lot as to what exactly biggest influences are but say that or um you know because of the whole pandemic and everything like that like people being at home more and wanting something to do like they had to rush out a lot of companies had to rush out and put something out to make money because people were staying in more playing games more and i think outriders went hey we announced this let's get it out there as quick as we can so people were enjoying our product but that could just be me thinking out loud i don't know but uh in general for 2020 2021 i don't know mmos have i see it as just a fun factor like i've always had fun playing with other people seeing other people run around and things like that uh a couple buddies uh got me into playing sea of thieves with them Mm. over the course of the year and at first i didn't really like it too much i was like "Ah, this is a little weird but uh, after a little bit, uh, going through with them and everything like that, playing around and sailing and stuff like that, I I learned to enjoy it. Just going around and seeing other people, like they released a uh, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean expansion, not expansion, but like content oh, yeah. drop, yeah. And going around and seeing, you know. 30 40 other people doing the same thing going through the same stuff that you are and then being able to interact with them and pvp while within this instance was was pretty interesting um but other than that like i kind of stick to my three mmos which are final fantasy 14 fantasy star online 2 and destiny like I have New World, I bought New Worlds, I early adopted New World, I played a bit of it, and then I got hit with work and was just like, well, I can either finish doing what I wanted to do in 14 or play New Worlds and still figure out what's going on. And I'm like, uh, I know what I'm doing over here. Let's just finish that. <laughs> but uh uh, I, I just play him for, for the fun of it. Yeah. You know, I don't, if I'm having fun, that's all I care about. And 
I got my daughter or I made a character for my daughter in 14 and started taking her through it and she's enjoying it. She chose white mage. Nice. So <laughs> she's like, I just want to help people. I want to heal people. I want to make them feel better. I'm like, okay, you do that. <laughs> Great. That's excellent. Shelly, what do you, what do you think about the state of the MMO in 2021 and going into 2022? For me, I know that they knew that the, everyone will be stuck indoors due to the pandemic in 2020. So it's been the perfect time for new MMOs to launch. Um, that could also be why some of the patches and stuff like that weren't exactly up to par. Um, or, or some titles, <coughs> Outriders. Um, but I am Cyberpunk. excited to see how... <laughs> and Cyberpunk. Oh. Uh, to be fair, I've been calling it Cyberpunk for years. I Ever since it got... I, I'm one of those few people that doesn't and not really like that company ever since ever since ever. I don't know. Something about that company has always put me off, which I know there's a lot of Witcher fans out there and I'm sorry, but nah, I don't know. Something about that company. Um, I'm excited to see where things grow in 2022. Um, I'm thinking about going back to Final Fantasy 11 for the anniversary because it's a, was it? The 20th anniversary in 2022. 20th? Yeah. 20th anniversary. Yep. Um, and after playing a looter game that's coming out from Square Enix next year, last week in private beta, I'm excited to play that when it comes out properly. I can the, talk uh, about it. Because... Right. You're talking about uh, uh, Babylon's Fall? Yeah, Babylon's Fall. Um, I was part of the closed beta test free, and I had a lot of fun with what I participated in. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see where MMOs and looter games go in 2022. If anything, we've always got Fantasy 14 to roll back on, so... That's actually one of the nice consistencies of it is that it's been that, that consistent hard work, deliver on time, good product, right? Just continue yeah. to play fundamentals. And so as I look forward to Endwalker, and then I look forward to 2022, it's that I think one of the, the best things are is that MMOs are going to see this this resurgence, that we're going to be in this golden age of that not one game ends up ruling, but a lot of different ideas can come into play. And hopefully that, that helps inspire and, and bring the genre forward. I do have my concerns and my questions because I wonder like as a genre, like, is it attracting in a younger audience? Because I know that we've seen a lot of people obviously with battle Royale for the last couple of years and halo infinite just launched. And I don't think it's going to be a game that has sustainability unless they bring in some of those same modes. Like if you look at Call of Duty versus Call of Duty Warzone, like I think that's a very clear indicator that, listen, yes, you might not be a Battle Royale fan, but if you're going to sit here and have sustainability or at least offer some level of competition, arena shooters are, are great, but generally speaking, those are going to end up becoming the domain of esports and you're going to you're going to struggle to draw in a casual audience who's going to come in and not feel like they have a you know a chance to win but in the case of the MMO if they're able to draw in a young audience that will be very healthy for the genre as a whole and that's where i think when i i just wonder about what is that what does that look like in the course of the next 5 to 10 years i think new world's buy to play model or even lost ark's free to play model those are going to be two interesting tests over the course of the next couple of years to see what level of impact they have on the genre as a whole with those different air barrier for entries, because I've often wondered is the subscription while I would say, and, and then offer that it's merited 
that it's valuable to the game that you want a subscription, but is that subscription being also something that leads to the MMO's, you know, struggle to actually find mass adoption and, and mass appeal. Um, so I don't know, I don't have the answers to that, but what we, what we will have over the course of the next five years is data. Um, Go ahead, Chili. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we need to see the data to understand which one's which, because if, let's just say you've dropped a subscription and you get more players. Will those amount of players spend as much money as if you were doing the subscription model? Now, you'll also get spikes in that data because when there's something really cool that comes out, people will spend a lot of money for it. Say the whale. Let's just mm -hmm. say the whale comes out. A lot of people will spike and that you'll get a spike in income because of that. But then next month, you don't release anything like the whale, so the amount of income will drop. You'll still get your whales, technically, <laughs> buying the stuff, but your <laughs> overall money is probably going to be less than the amount of money that um, you you might be less than what you... So it's hard to judge whether having massive pill will still be better for the game than having a limited appeal, but with a steady income. Mm -hmm. It's hard to tell. We'll find out. So you look like you're about to say something? You raised your hand with that? Oh, no, I was stretching. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kind of with you, Brian. It, it's going to be interesting to see over the next, you know, five and even 10 years as to what actual model is going to be mainstream adopted. Personally, I think it's going to be a lot of those, you know, buy the box and, you know, no monthly subscription, I think is going to probably dominate the market just because it's easier to straddle that line. Because normally whenever you have that, like let's take New World, for instance, you know, they're going to be mainly depending on um, cosmetics. Sales. Mm -hmm. Right. So, you know, and let's face it, you know, cosmetics, cosmetics typically, as long as they're on par, generate a lot of money. And it's it's something that is very easy to do, especially once they already have like a good workflow um, for their cosmetics, you know, established. And that was one thing that actually Anthem did very well. And that was one thing that I, I bought into very heavily with Anthem. It was an easy way to support the game is their their cosmetics were typically always very well on par. And that's something, you know, that that product cycle can be fed with actual in-game events. And I think that's something that you know, we're going to start seeing a lot more of in, in New World in particular, you know, because we have a, a content patch that's coming up in December for Christmas. Mm -hmm. You know, the data mines have already pointed to that. So, you know, I can honestly foresee that I think probably the non-subscription by the box, you know, type of payment plan is going to be what's going to end up dominating the space. Because like you said, it, you know, having a subscription is actually a little bit of a barrier to entry to a lot of people. You know, especially the younger generation, you know, you know, anywhere around that teenage years, you know, they don't have, you know, the ability to pay for a subscription or mom and dad aren't willing to pay for a subscription, you know, that type of deal. Mom so. and dad are probably tapped up on the subscriptions to Game Pass and Netflix, mm -hmm. et cetera. You get, right. you get this issue of subscription fatigue. Then you also have the issue of competition, right? So as gamers have been trained into free to play or even, you know, buy to play, the, when they come in, it's just the, it's the same reason why Halo went free to play. Like free to play doesn't necessarily end up mean free. It means your cap on how much you can spend is unlimited now. Um, mm -hmm. So it ends up like, you know, in that regards where once I saw Halo go free to play, I was like, that makes so much sense because why would you release a shooter that you want mass adoption for, but then you ask for money up front when no other shooter that is of equal quality is asking for you know like right. how do you get people from fortnite or warzone or whatever to come play your new shooter 
well, step one is not to ask for money up front. Right. And then, and then you can sit here and say, Hey, if you like it, stick around. And I'm fine with actually the buy to play model with MMOs, because typically when I run into the free to play, ultimately it feels like there's just like this constant need of like, Oh man, if they just had this all as your base package, it removes so much of the frustration, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, just sell and people the base package. They had the- if only had a base package they could sell for sixty dollars that you could go into a store to buy. Yeah. If only. If only. If only. Um, and so that's where model. That's what and that's where I wonder if we'll see going forward, especially with the way that WoW is in its state, if it will ever they, they will modify their like subscription model, you know, in that regards. And I don't know if that would if they'll do that, but I'm just I'm just kind of curious to see as we look forward to the future of the MMO, I think one of the things that will help it become a, a healthy genre is obviously people who are willing to come play it. And I, I don't, I think the subscription model is actually unfortunately holding the genre back despite the fact that I think it's the most fair model that can exist for the MMO. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah I mean, I definitely agree, you know, just that barrier to entry with a subscription model. I mean, it's archaic, you know, it's something that existed way back in the EQ days and it's kind of persisted over time, but you know, overall, the one trend that we are definitely seeing is the, the buy to play model ever since, you know, uh, Guild Wars, mm-hmm. you know, is starting to really steamroll and take, take the stage, you know, overall. So it's going to be, but overall the data I do believe actually does show that the free to play and the buy to play actually generates more revenue than the subscription model. But on the opposite side of the same coin, when you have a subscription model, it's a steady revenue versus, you know, the, the buy to play model. Yeah. So there are strengths and weaknesses to both. Yeah. It has, uh, the monthly subscription has that RMR that'll just keep the, the company going like mm-hmm. for, I do, security for work or electronic security for work and a lot of our revenue comes from rmr so yeah you can sell 50 60 jobs to go do but for each 50 60 job you're doing those two recurring monthly revenues that we have on the side are paying more Mm -hmm. (laughs) or throughout the course of the year right it's that consistency in that and that's where when i look at it when people will talk about like new world is a great example. There is a subscription fee for new world and people don't realize it. it's called Amazon prime, mm-hmm. you know? So what the Amazon has done is that they're taking their Amazon prime model and adding in so much more value to it. And so that's where, if it doesn't necessarily go away, I think you'll see it shift into like other things. Like I'm, I know square Enix has said that they aren't going to do it. So I don't know what, what their plan will be because they can, I mean, they could always change their mind or they could still work on it, but I could see a one subscription score Enix, you know, model one sub gets you access to 14 and then all their games in terms of ways to compete, right. In terms of ways of like, Hey, right. We're going to sit here and add value to your subscription. And therefore we ends up increasing the overall subscription numbers, which therefore generates that RMR, that recurring monthly revenue. That's like, yes. Okay, good. We've got money coming in consistently every month. We can, predictably change it. In fact, that's actually one of the things that is really telling about how Square Enix and Yoshi P runs 14 is that when Asmund Gold and Rich said like, how much have y'all changed with Endwalker or have y'all like with whatever due to all this influx new uh, players and Yoshi P says none. 
Like there would there wouldn't be enough time because like all the stuff has been budgeted, set, planned, and executed on years in the you know like years ago. So mm -hmm. if any kind of impact that is ever seen is that might be an impact maybe in 2022, most likely a 2023 impact where you're like you start to see like oh wow <laughs> we're getting way more stuff or, or or what have you um due to the fact that like to hire people to get people trained to well, do this and have a consistent more likely growth. to see it early 2022 but not actually like when they actually get their reports and stuff like that and then they'll see how much more budget they can put in for 2023 yeah exactly like 2022 2023 because they've already planned, as you said, they've already planned this year ahead. So once they've got the financial reports in early 2022, that's when they can plan, like, with the money they have. Yeah, because you don't want to ever no. sit here and be like, well, uh, we're out of money. Like, no, how'd that happen? Well, we weren't paying attention. <laughs> mm -hmm. Looks like Dalamud the second has appeared Dalamud the second somewhere. <laughs> and it's a real life uh, Dalamud. It's called the Bank of Dalamud. Yeah. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, good times. Guys, where can people find you? Let's start with uh, Chili. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, MG underscore Chili. You can find me on Twitch, on Twitch.tv, and Moogle Go on Radio, where we stream every day, pretty much. Uh, we do a podcast every two weeks, and we're taking a break until mid-December now because of Endwalker. Um, but we'll still be streaming, of course. It's just there's been no podcast until then. So, yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me on. Oh, thanks for being here. Uh, Johnny, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me here on YouTube, Johnny Mac Games, and uh, I'm actually going to be starting to stream here probably as soon as I hit 60 in New World. So if you guys are interested in uh, live streams for New World, I will probably be hitting those soon as well. And uh, I'll probably be picking up streaming over on Twitch again. I've actually been focusing a lot on my YouTube channel, so you can find me over there, Twitch TV slash Johnny Mac Games as well. Sorrow, man. What can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitch at... Uh global cooldown i uh, haven't streamed a lot recently haven't really done a whole lot recently uh, a lot of work and stuff like that going on uh but since i got this week off i might hop in and stream a couple things here and there just trying to decide on what to do uh but other than that you can find me on twitter as well at uh global cooldown perfect all right guys uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in. I want to say a special thanks to Plague of D, Redline Gamer, Red Rocket, Dark Wolf, Psycho, Cordell, WG Productions, and Keyland for supporting this uh, channel uh, with the monetization as a podcast legend, helping to fund uh, the cost of the uh, shows themselves. I appreciate all of you guys. If you guys uh, want to ever support the show, just being here, listening, liking, uh, and sharing out the podcast or making clips of it are, uh, are a huge thanks. Uh, and that if you ever feel like going above and beyond, the join button is there for you if you uh, choose to do so. But that's going to wrap it up for the show, guys. This has been the Epic Loot Radio Podcast. My name has been Brian, and hopefully you've enjoyed our discussion today. Feel free to always sound off in the comments or check out again all of our amazing guests for this epic panel. We will see you sometime after Thanksgiving and before Christmas. But until then, take care.